Hey everyone, did you think it was gonna be different? Well, so did I. What I've learned is that I'm not your typical daughter, mom, ex-wife, business owner, or maybe I am, but I just don't know it because no one talks about it. We are all too busy with a bunch of different balls in the air to take time to process, well, just about anything. But that is all gonna change with this tribe. Ladies, I'm one of you. I've been there and done that. And we don't need to go through it alone. Will we be practical? Yep. Will we be goofy? Absolutely. Will we swear? You bet your sweet ass. By the way, little secret, this is not going to be the podcast you want to listen to in the van with your kids. So ladies, slip on your heels because we all feel more powerful in heels. Grab your wine because it's five o'clock somewhere. And let's dive into Not Your 1950s Housewife with me, Gina Seminary. Hey, everybody. Happy Thursday. I hope you are all having a phenomenal week. I am super excited to be back with you with Allison Penna, aka Bad Widow. Now, Allison is a consultant, speaker, and author living in New York City. I actually just got to see her beautiful view out of her window. It's very different than mine right now. (laughs) She became a primary caregiver during her husband's 11-month battle with pancreatic cancer and a widow when he died in her arms at home in 2016. Allison learns to live fearlessly in the face of death. She discovered how to move through grief, reclaim autonomy, reinvent herself, and rebuild her networks back to the life, work, and even love. Hi, Allison. Hi. I am so glad that we're chatting. (laughs) Me too. And I know the first question, because I had mentioned to a few people that I was, they were like, what are you doing, you know, this afternoon? I'm like, oh, I'm recording a podcast. With who? Oh, a lady named Allison, but she goes by Bad Widow. And everybody just stops. They're Mm -hmm. like, they don't know what to say. They don't know whether to ask a question. So let's start there. Why that, why that tag name? Why that phrase? So Bad Widow, um, there are a lot of assumptions that people make about how to handle someone after a loss. So how do I talk to them and what, what subjects do I need to avoid and what do I do to support them? Um, and I discovered that all of those assumptions were the wrong way to handle me. They irritated me. They made me angry. And so Bad Widow came about because what I wanted to do was I wanted to uh, address and rebut those assumptions Hmm. and to give people new ways to interact with someone who had suffered a loss, who felt broken. Because treating a person who feels broken like they're going to be broken forever is really not helpful. And um, what I found out was that lots of people felt that way, but there was nobody who was writing from that raw place and talking from that raw place and willing to be vulnerable about it before they were through it. So what were people doing that they thought probably was being extremely helpful, but it really wasn't? Um, well, people would, uh, 
one of the things which most irritated me actually is that I would burst into tears unpredictably and all the time. Hmm. And it could be peeling carrots. I mean, people know certain kinds of music, certain places. Those are understood um, things that trigger people off who are sad. Right. But sometimes I would just burst into tears. And people would say to me, oh, I'm so sorry I made you cry. And what I found was that that really angered me because then that put the responsibility on me for their reaction to my tears. Okay, that's an interesting way to think about it. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, they had, they had thrown it over to me. Right. And, and um, so I began to, and this happened especially in holidays because people sort of braced for you to burst into tears. Right. And it comes from a really deep place of caring. So it comes from a place of, they really want you to be okay. And when you start crying, they don't actually know that you're okay. And I began to, when I would go to holiday events where I was pretty overwhelmed, especially at the beginning um, by a lot of people, and I was likely to burst into tears, but I didn't know if I would or I wouldn't. And so I sort of would go and I would say, look, I am okay. I might cry in the course of this time. Just know that I'll take care of myself. You don't have to worry about me. You can just let me be. And then I, you could feel this sigh of relief. <sighs> because all they wanted was for me to be okay. And they didn't want to be responsible for my tears any more than I wanted them to be. Yeah, but I don't know how I'd feel if I was that person hosting that event, just seeing you crying there. Even though you said, like, just let me be, I'd probably just, like, look and be like, are you sure you're okay? <laughs> like, do you need anything? <laughs> like, I'd ask a question maybe. Um, yeah, but it, it gave people permission to be however they were. Correct. So they didn't have to take me on. Right. They could just deal with their own selves. Man. Okay. And... Were these experiences happening right like right after your husband passed away, or did it take you a while to literally just get out of bed? Because I would imagine that would be the case. Well, it took a while to get out of bed, but right after he died, I had just a ton of anniversary type stuff. So he died um, September 9th, 2016 at 1010 in the morning at home in my arms. So, and there were was just the two of us there. Hmm. So there was that. And then October 5th would have been our 20th wedding anniversary. Oh my gosh. And then there was Thanksgiving. Right. And Christmas. Yep. And New Year's. And his birthday was December 21st. So before the end of the year, I had something like six really tough anniversaries. But yes, in the beginning, it was... I would lie in bed and I would have to think of a reason to get up and put my feet on the floor. And I really started with baby steps. Okay. I mean, and some days literally it was, can you get up and go to the bathroom? Um, it was uh, reach out and call and arrange to meet a friend. Just go downstairs and take a walk. And I got pretty mm -hmm. good at looking at my energy 
because some days I was pretty good and other days I was really bad. And I had to honor where I was in each moment. Oh, another, another thing not to do <laughs> with a in this situation. Very often what people do, and they really mean well, is they say, how are you? And when that happened immediately after my husband died, hmm. what I wanted to say was, how do you think I am looking at a wasteland without the person I lived with and loved for 25 years? And so I began to correct people to make it more time limited. How are you today was a question I could answer. How are you in this minute was a question I could answer. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. I can see that. Yep. Okay. I was. So did you, were you coaching people on what to say to you? I mean, I could only imagine going through the groove you're going through and being like, yeah, I really do appreciate the question, but I preferred if you asked it this way. <laughs> Yeah. And, and eventually, once I figured out what was irritating me and, and how to sort of get ahead of it, I was, I was telling people before they tripped over it. Um, so, for example, it was an anniversary of some kind. And I had a date with the man who is now my boyfriend. And I'd been crying all day. It was like my wedding anniversary or something. And I really wanted to go on this date, but I thought, you know, does he really want to deal with this hot mess that I was? You know? <laughs> like, are you up for this? And I called him up and I said, you know, I've been crying all day and, and I would really love to see you, but I don't know how I'm going to be. And so you need to say, no harm, no foul, whether you're up for this whether you can handle me this way. Right. And he said, I'm okay. I'm okay with it. And then I said, and don't try to fix me. Don't try to make it better. Don't try to do anything with me. Don't handle me because I'm just going to get angry. And he said, okay. And we went out and we went and we had food at Whole Foods up above because I really wasn't up for a restaurant or anything fancy. And we talked and I wound up not even crying because he just honored what I needed. Right. But I think you were also very articulate while going through this to be able to explain to people what you wanted. It was survival. I don't feel like that. I've known no one to be able to do that. Right? Like, so how did you get, how did you learn that while grieving? Well, I discovered something kind of magical that's useful in every area of life, I think. I discovered that people really wanted to give me everything I asked for. The thing that was tricky was I needed to figure out what I wanted. And um, I needed to ask the right person. And if I did those two things, and I was so clear in my request that they could absolutely deliver everything I was asking for, they did it. Almost every time. 
And there was a good example you gave of this when we were talking you know, a few weeks ago, you mentioned about the rent. Do you remember that story? I do. Yeah. I do. Is this, that a good this, example of what you're referring to, though? It's a really good example. So I, um, I was uh, a consultant before my husband died, a consultant after my husband died, but I couldn't, had no energy to, to attract clients. I mean, I barely had energy to get out of bed. And so my family had helped me with rent out of ways. And in March, my landlord contacted me and said, where's the rent? It was the 23rd. And I said, oh, you know, that's all taken care of. She said, no, that was, that ended in February. And I thought, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? It's the 23rd of March. I don't have the wrench. I have no idea where it's coming from. And I wrote a blog post, which is on, on my Bad Widow website, actually, back a ways, called um, Grief, Rain, and Bills. And I just told this story. It's like, oh my gosh, this has just happened. And um, I don't know what I'm going to do. And it wasn't a, a poor me. It was just a... I'm a resourceful person and I'll figure it out, but wow, this just happened. Mm -hmm. And at the end of it, I gave some specific direction. I said, if you know someone like me, here's what you do. Here's how you handle a situation like this. You have a conversation with them and listen to what they say without judgment. Step two, then you um, suggest that you will help them with something from what they just said. Step three, execute, asking for guidance as needed. And then set off the blog on my website, went on with my day. Um, about 30 minutes later, and as I said, this still brings me to tears. About 30 minutes later, I got an instant message from my freshman college roommate. And I had not seen her probably for about 15 years. And she said, I'll pay your rent. And I, I said, I live in New York City, right? You, you understand this. You can back out. She said, no. I'll pay your rent. Give me your landlord's name and address, and I'll get it done. And by the next day, my rent was paid. And 30 minutes after I wrote that blog, I knew it was taken care of because I was so clear about what needed to happen. Mm -hmm. And I said to her, I can't even tell you how many times I thanked her. I was like, oh my gosh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And she said, well, I just did what you said. You clearly stated what you needed and I did it. And that was just, that was truly, I have many, many examples like that, but that was truly one of the most remarkable that I've experienced. That's the second time I've heard that story and I got goosebumps again. <laughs> yeah. So that, those three steps that you were talking about, are, is that like a key component to helping someone who is going through grief or loss or any life-changing transition? Like, are those three things that you think are applicable to kind of multiple scenarios? 
Well, I mean, those three things are essential for people who want to support a person like that. Very often what people do is they say, how can I help you? And, and I mean, the answer would have been bring back my husband. Right. I didn't want anything else. And so this was a way to actually show the people who cared about someone who had suffered a loss or a transition how to really take care of a person like me appropriately in a way that really worked. Um, so it, it was interesting. I mean, <laughs> but, but the, the clarity is, is so essential because until you figure out what you want, you're not going to get it. And there is the, uh, we see it a lot in right. dating, right? There is the, well, but they should just know what I want, right? <laughs> if they know me, they should just know what I want. That's ridiculous. <laughs> then you're going to get not quite exactly right. what you want. Exactly. So when I started dating, I did it that way. I figured out what I wanted. Yeah, you'll kind of be just a little disappointed every time. (laughs) (laughs) I could only imagine your dating profile. It must have been so articulate and be like, this is exactly what I want. This is exactly what I need. Here's exactly what to do and what not to do. (laughs) No, it wasn't though. It was my, my, my game. So when I started dating, I started dating on Bumble, which wasn't even a thing. I had not dated since 1992, and I was almost 30 years older. So my I'm sense of I know, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's a game, you know. It's a different game. Oh my gosh, it's horrendous. Okay, but go on. Okay, so you started on Bumble. I started on Bumble, and I decided. So keep in mind, I had not been touched by a man other than my husband since 1992, and it was 2018. So nobody felt right. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't be touched. I couldn't be kissed. I was, right. I was like, how am I going to do this? How am I even going to do this? So right. I wrote my profile with the idea that I decided I was going to hack Bumble. <laughs> so I wrote my profile with the idea of what do I want to do? I didn't care about the other person. I only cared to attract the kinds of men who liked okay. to do what I like to do. Because my thought was, okay, even if there isn't a lot of chemistry, we'd ha- both have fun. And so I wrote things like, um, I don't like sandy beaches. So I wrote, prefer rocky beaches. And prefer rocky beaches tells the other person something about me. Like, if your thing is the Jersey Shore, don't bother. (laughs) You know, it's not my thing. Not going to be a fit. Um, Right. And and I just, I I wrote the (laughs) the kind of person I was, the kind of things I wanted to do. And then I started attracting men that like that. I'm trying to think of Bumble because I have not been on there in a very long time, but you had to put photos too, correct? I did. So were you just putting selfies of yourself up there or did you explain to these guys like right out of the gate, like here's a little bit of my story or 
No. Well, I mean, I said widow. Okay. Because if it was a problem for them, then don't bother me. I right. mean, a lot of a, a lot of my a lot of my profile was, here's who I am. Uh, if you like this, great, contact me. If not, yeah, go, go away. Yeah, I'm not offended. <laughs> don't bother me. Got it. Don't bother me because I just I I did still didn't have that much energy. Yeah, because this was two years after your husband died. Two years. Yep. And I. Um, Every time I got bad results, I changed my profile, I changed a picture, until by the time I started actually meeting people, I didn't meet a single man who wasn't pretty great. Hmm. And I, I met the man I love, my boyfriend, in six months on Bumble. And this is from not being able to be touched. Now, is he also a widow? Nope. He's divorced. Okay. Okay. Um, and you guys are obviously still together. So it has been what, two years now? Yes. We met July 1st of 2018. Okay. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So there's that area of your life that you reinvented. How else did you reinvent yourself? Right? Like figuring out what you want to do and what you love and, you know, where you want your career to go. Because right, you really could do anything now. I remember you mentioning like you spend your whole life with someone compromising, right? Like what color do you want to paint the walls or what furniture do you want, right? There's a lot of compromises there. Now it's just you. You can really do whatever you want, but you also have to figure out like what do you want? Well, and that was the interesting thing because we talked about when we, when we first met um, about how at the beginning of relationships, you make compromises. Oh, right. well he doesn't really love doing that. So I'll just do that less and less and less. And there are things that I gave up with my husband that I would not give up again. There are um, in the US, and this is a stat that's maybe a year or so old, there are 13.7 million widowed persons, 11 million are women. Wow. It's a crazy stat. And the reason for that is that women tend to give up more of their autonomy in relationships than men. And when they become widowed, that's a piece that they wouldn't give up again. So the compromises that I make in my relationship are carefully chosen at this mm -hmm. point. You know, they're not things that I'm unwilling to give up. Right. They're things I don't care about. Yeah, but I would think that your boyfriend and you have a lot in common based on how you presented yourself on Bumble. So I would think that you wouldn't have to be giving up too much. Well, he and I, in the course of this time, because literally it was, it was six months before we were intimate. Right. Because it was impossible for me. And it was quite, it was an unbelievably challenging weekend to push through my own barriers to intimacy. And then after that, we were through, but it was literally press up against my own fears and my own um, feelings about that I was betraying my husband, even though he was dead, even though that made no sense. I had to go through all of that. So we would together 
push up until I hit a panic attack and then stop wherever we were and back off, go for a walk, hmm. go get something to eat, go down to the pool and then come back. And I would keep pushing through my, my own boundaries. And I did that over and over and over again in the course of the weekend. And he just kept saying, you are so brave. And every time I said, stop, every time I went into a panic attack, he stopped. We took the time I needed to, to integrate back and then pressed on again. He's amazing. Sounds like you've got the right guy. Aww. So bring us full speed now, right? Because now, you know, you've yep. been with, you know, your boyfriend for two years. You've been without your husband for four do you still have, you know, your consulting business? What are you doing full time now? Does it have a lot to do with this aspect of your life? So fill us in on that. Yes. Yeah, so I'm still, I'm still doing consulting. I'm doing uh, bad widow consulting. And my primary interest is that in this world, we are typically um, the perception when someone has a loss like this or a transition is that we're broken. And my assertion is that nobody can be broken by their circumstances unless they embrace that reality for themselves. And so I am really intent in sharing with people the resources to move from broken back to living fully in all aspects of life. And so that's what I, that's what I do. So I I'm, I'm intend to have a TED Talk this year. I'm in the midst of writing a book. Um, and probably a screenplay, because I think Bad Widow is a movie. Yay! Do you do you need me to yep. play like a <laughs> random bystander? Because I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have some people who are in that industry who have said it would be a great movie. So I'm noodling on that. Awesome. Um, yeah. So there's a, there's a lot on my plate. Doing lots of um, speaking, lots of um, Lots of sharing, sharing the art. I mean, I think the most important thing I've learned from you is how incorrectly people go about trying to do the right thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right? I mean, because it's not like you I go mean, to the school and someone teaches you how to handle someone who's had a loss or a grief or a transition. We don't know. I mean, Hallmark says it best, right? Like no one knows really what to say or how to say it. So... Either you do one of two things, you don't say anything, which is awkward, or you say something which I've since learned is probably wrong to the person who's receiving it. So there's really no education in this space at all. And I don't know if everybody's drastically different or if you found in your experience, like there's kind of an overwhelming similarity to what people would like to hear and how they'd like to be treated after a loss or a transition like we're talking about. But it's just shocking to me. Yeah, I mean, the... the the overwhelming experience that I had was that people cared so much and they had no idea what to do. And if they knew what to do, they offered it always. And that was, that was really sort of life affirming. Yeah. I think, like I said, I just, I can, as, as you were talking about that, and as I was asking that question, I can see this as a movie. 
But like if you focused on that concept, like obviously what you mm-hmm. went through in your experience, right? But how to explain to people how to handle others in this situation. Yep. Like for instance, real life, real life, I'm going to awake tomorrow and I am going because I know it's the right thing to do. Do I have any clue what to say? No. Right. Like, I'm sorry for what you're going through. Wrong. Right. <laughs> like, you know, is there anything you need? Wrong. Like there's, now I feel like I'm just going to smile and wave. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's a part of our life. It, it's something we all go through um, and learning how to be supportive. But to your point, if it's going if it's happening to you, being very clear about what you need and the chances of you receiving it are quite high, it sounds like. Yeah, and, and you know, the, the, even the two or three tips that I've given you today are helpful. Mm-hmm. You know, put, it, put yep. a short time horizon on the conversation. Showing you care is huge. Um, is huge. But, but being there is a big, big deal. Being there without expectation is an even bigger one. Because wanting a person who's feeling broken to not be the way they are is really hard on that person. It would be easier right. on us, but it's really hard on the person who's hurting. So letting someone be is, is one of the greatest gifts you can give them. Well, I have really appreciated our chat. Um, you know, I've it's learned a ton and I now know when people are like, what'd you do this afternoon? I mentioned the bad widow. I'm going to be like, you have to listen to this conversation. Um, because, <laughs> you know, through everything you've had to go through, you did learn to kind of, like you said, reinvent yourself, find out who you are. You have this awesome man that you love. Um, you know, and your life is moving forward. You sound great and you might even have a movie. So, um, I can't wait to see where, where you go, Allison. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Gina. And for everybody who's listening, one of the things that Allison said that she'd love to do is that you could book a complimentary 20 minute resilient breakthrough call with her. So I will post that on, um, inside the blurb when I uh, release this on Instagram, um, as well as on Twitter. But if you'd like to track Allison down yourself, you know her tag. She's badwidow.com. Um, you can also find her on Instagram at badwidowwisdom and on Twitter, Unlock Affluence. So Allison, I really appreciate you taking time out of your afternoon to chat with us. Thank you so much. All right. Have a good one. Hey, Tribe. Thanks for tuning in today. I hoped you loved these few minutes you got to separate from your tactical life to do something for yourself. Of course, we're on iTunes, but Instagram is our place of choice. Follow us there, listen to past episodes, or DM me at Gina Seminary. Make sure you kick some ass today. Love ya.
Hey tribe, thanks for tuning in today. I hoped you loved these few minutes you got to separate from your tactical life to do something for yourself. Of course, we're on iTunes, but Instagram is our place of choice. Follow us there, listen to past episodes, or DM me at Gina Seminary. Make sure you kick some ass today. Love you.